The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to day one of our North American LCS team by team preview podcast series. It's the most wonderful time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, a time in which everything is possible. Every team has hopes of winning it all, and every team uh, team's fan base has to get incredibly excited and start picking apart every little offseason move. And that's what we're here to do for this next 10 days of of fun analytical breakdowns, and I can't think of anyone I would rather have join me than my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis-Fetchuk. Walter, what's so funny, man? You're, you're setting the bar high because not every single one of these teams is going to be fun to talk about. I, you know, I have fun regardless because I just enjoy breaking down League of Legends with my good friend. But I, it's good to know how you feel about this whole thing, Walter. Thanks for letting all of us I know. Mean, there I are mean, a couple of teams that I'm just like snorefest. I mean, at the very least, you've got to be excited about the first team we're talking about today. I mean, I'm so excited. I'm wearing their jersey. Yeah. Yeah, the is... amount of times that I t- say Team Solo Mid or TSM, Reggie should be paying me royalties. <laughs> it's kind of amazing that they've never, uh, that they haven't just gone all in with it because you are the TSM fan of this podcast. This is your team. This yep. has been your team for forever. You are an OG TSM fan. Season one, baby. Yeah. So when so when we talk about these changes, this is, these are very personal. You know, you feel every, the impact of every single one of the uh, absolutely of these moves, every ebb and flow this team goes. Through. Andy so, and I are on first name basis. Just so everyone knows, Andy and I yeah. first name basis. When they got rid of Weldon, that was, I was the first person he called. He goes, Walter, listen, buddy. I know how much you hate this jerk. I know how much <laughs> you hate him. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Will you merit? <laughs> that never ever happened. Oh, but, man. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. See, I'm happy by that move, and then there's other moves that just I'm. Oh, it hurts my soul. Well, and and let's be clear, TSM. Obviously, that's a, that's a team. If you if you were going to get proposed to, that would be the team you'd want because they've been a d- dependable, reliable top tier team in North America. Um, seventeen to one last split in the summer season. Uh, they went, uh, forgot first place in the summer playoffs, 3-0 versus CLG, 3-1 over Cloud9. Wasn't particularly close. Everyone thought that this was the time North America finally going to do well at Worlds. Eh. Top four team in the world. One of the best teams in the world. Better than EDG. Damn you, Kelsey Mozo, you cursed us. Uh, to be fair, uh, I also said these things, and I'm, I would say I'm sorry, but it was really funny seeing how it ended up later. So, 
I'm I'm kind of sorry. Um, if, you know, three and three, Group D. Fuck at CJ Entis. Yeah, I know. I have this, look. I have to take my shots where I can. Winter uh, Fox. Semifinals at IEM Oakland. Uh, this is the first time we saw this particular version of the roster in action. Uh, that did not go particularly well either. That was a one-two loss to Unicorns of Love. But you know what? They've got the MVP of the league in Bjergsen, who should probably win that award in perpetuity until someone st- you know takes it from him. Best coach in Parth, rookie of the split in Biofrost, and everyone but Sven Skaren was first team all pro. That's Hanser, Bjergsen, Doublelift, and Biofrost were all first team all pro. Sven was second team all pro. Just truly dominant performance on and off uh, as far as, the, you know, how they were seen in the public eye. And they only made two changes. Weldon is gone, and Doublelift is taking the split off for Wild Turtle. Walter, you said one of these changes made you happy, and one of them made you, uh, made you a little sad, let's say. Uh, overall, how do you feel about this offseason? Well... We're not going to touch on the on the uh, the CS:GO snafu that Reggie had because that's just an entire other thing himself. And and for a few moments, I was ready to to burn my 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 lovely lovely shirt that I just got less than two months ago, and and you know take the tattoo off of my back, you know spray paint my car something different. Like <laughs> I was all off. And then he talked with Thorin and like kind of won me back. But he called soccer, he called football soccer, and like I just. I'm still a TSM fan. I'm still a TSM fan. And even despite that, this was still the more egregious thing to me, was signing goddamn Wild Turtle to be their AD carry. Um, we know what he was. He was not very good last split. There was a reason we got rid of him a year ago. Um, I, I feel like he was not very good. He just was bad. And then he was bad at IEM. He kept playing Jin for some reason. When Wild Turtle is a terrible Jin player, Parth, like, every once in a while, Parth does some really stupid things that just, like, yanks my girdle and just, like, chokes me out. Mm. And, um, yeah, Wild Turtle playing Jin, Doublelift playing Jin. We're just a couple of those things that split. So mm. I, I really don't like this change. But at the same time, you still have this just godlike pairing of, of Sven Skaren and Bjergsen, which is what I'm most excited about, honestly, is Man, they looked really, really good at times during the World Championship. There were moments where these two were just incredibly in sync with Lee Sin and Oriana plays. Sven Skaren was a guy before the World Championship. I was thinking, like, okay, we're going to the offseason. Like, give me Dardock. Dardock's out of Team Lake. Going to be out of Team Lake. Give me Dardock. Give me Dardock. Give me Dardock. And then he played at the World Championship, and he was the best Western jungler that was there mm. outside of Yonkos. And even Yonkos, it took like the end of the tournament to really elevate him. He was playing like a man possessed. He was playing like one of the best imports um, that you could get in North America. Just, just a fantastic player. He slimmed up. He looks leaner. I've been watching him stream in the off season. He looks really good. He looks really happy. He's enjoying kind of the new jungle and some of the interesting things he can do. Mm -hmm. Um, Him and Bjergsen just have this awesome synergy. So, like, as much as I dislike Wild Turtle, I still have the best player in the West, and now this guy that's emerging as his wingman and, and might be a top five player in the West for all honesty. I mean, and it's it's funny that you use the word emerging because we saw this for years now with that SK Gaming team when he got banned for three games at Worlds for saying some very inappropriate Offensive. things. Yeah. yeah, you know, to, to say the least. It was... Uh, 
you know, that team was really struggled without him. And then he came back and they looked really good. He has consistently been good when put under high pressure situations. And it seems to bring out the best in him. And, you know, when you talk about what makes you excited, obviously it's got to be the the continuity that comes with that and the, you know, improvement and synergy that comes with just running five of the six main, main, biggest pieces of your team back, essentially. So, so Walter, can you just talk a little bit, like, what is that continuity? Having Sven and Berg, uh, Bjergsen being able to, to build up this synergy and being able to have, you know, Hanser and Biofrost just have more and more time to, to get used to the system and really, you know, build themselves up. How, what does that mean as, as far as, you know, as a TSM fan, making you feel better about some of the things that maybe yeah. would worry you in the long run? So this is Reggie's thing. Anytime TSM makes a change, mm-hmm. Reggie does it. He just he instantly pulls the cord on it. I'm going to do this. We're going to figure this out. And he does it one at a time. He staggers it. And there's been very few instances where they've replaced multiple people at the same time. I think the only time is like a special and odd one um, when they brought in Amazing and uh, and um, Glebe, Glebe Glarbu. And then they replaced Glebe Glarbu with Lust Boy. Like, there are very, very few times where he's replaced multiple people at the same time. So the continuity is you have the best player in the West. You are the biggest brand in the West in League of Legends, bar none. I'm sorry, Fnatic. You're just amazing. So you want to make sure that you keep your best player. Well, then the next thing is, well, who's his best friend? What's going to make him happy? Well, Sven Skarin has emerged as this great guy, this great wingman, this great partner for him. They play off of each other really well. You saw really, really good synergy at Worlds. Boom, we're going to lock him back up. Then you look around and you go, okay, well, what's a position of weakness in the region? Well, it's top lane. There's a reason everyone else went out of the league to get a top laner. Okay, well, I'm just going to keep my my really good North American top laner. He's probably the best player in North America at the position in Haunters. I'm going to lock him back up. And then support, again, Biofrost, the rookie of the split. You're not just going to let him go, especially if you can find someone that meshes with him. So, again, keep him locked up. Keep working with him. He's a young player. He's shown a lot of talent. He really, really rose to the occasion for 90% of the year under double lift. And it wasn't until he was playing against really, really, really good supports like Mata at Worlds that he showed, you know, some signs of struggle. Um, it's just, it's great as a fan to know that like I can turn on, you know, my streams and just be like, yep, it's TSM Bjergsen. It's TSM Hauntsers. It's TSM Svenskeren. To know that just the owner really is not someone who's going to jump the gun and be like, oh, we didn't get out of groups. Blow it up. Let's redo the entire thing. So yeah. that's that's really cool as a fan not to have to be like, all right, who's my AD carry going to be this year? Who's my jungler going to be this year? They're replacing four members of my team, like a certain friend of mine that it seems like his team is constantly replacing players. Yeah, hmm. I can't imagine who you're talking about there. <laughs> I, you know, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that it's one of those things that when you look at what has made TSM such a dominant force for as long as they have been is that they do not hit the panic button. It's, you know, a lot of people would have looked at this and said, look, we were supposed to be a top four roster. They underperformed mightily. They can't do it under pressure. We need to get guys who have that experience. And instead they said, look, Bjergsen, Svenskeren, they do have that experience. Hanser and Biofrost had never played on the world stage before. Uh, Doublelift has struggled a bit on the world stage before, and that's obviously not something you're going to have to worry about this split. Um, but the core of this team is really good. The work that they put in, the dominant 17-1 performance they put out in the regular season, the way they just crushed most of the teams they played, 
Of course you run that back. And, you know, I, I say of course, but not a lot of teams necessarily do that. We're going to talk tomorrow in Euro about a European team that did that and that we're equally excited about for the same reasons. But it is hard when you're getting a whole bunch of pressure on social media, when people are freaking out and you have all these expectations you failed to meet. It's very hard to say, we've got this. We trust our players. We trust the process. And he's done it at every turn. Now, there is one player they had to change, and that is Doublelift. Doublelift does not want to play this split. That is the on-record story, and that's what we're going to go with. So they had to get somebody. The guy they got was Wild Turtle. You have not been a fan of this signing. I don't think you've been very shy about that. I, I think that uh, it's been made nope, very clear on, on social media and, and some of the other episodes we've done. So... Why is this such a bad move? It's because it's not just that Wild Turtle isn't necessarily a great player. He was obviously on a very good Immortals team for back-to-back -back splits. So, so what is it about Wild Turtle that makes it so you have to have at least five question marks in your show notes? <laughs> there are. There, there's, there's three question marks and three exclamation points, and it's all in capitals, and it just says, Why Wild Turtle? Listen, like, I hope that I'm wrong because I'm a TSM fan and I would just love to win another championship and to just lord over North America for another year. My problem with Wild Turtle is, yes, he was with a very successful Immortals roster that choked in the playoffs, that didn't make it to a world championship, that choked in the regional finals. That's what it was, a choke. They choked and they made changes themselves. Wild Turtle did not play very well, particularly in the summer. And it's the same Wild Turtle that I had issues with in Season 5. Positioning mistakes, was not trying to be super, super aggressive in laning phase, and then all of a sudden is frontlining in team fights. It just doesn't seem like his brain is, is sitting in there straight. It seems like he really needs someone to hold a leash for him. That's why Adrian was so successful with him in the spring, is that he was mm -hmm. holding the leash. He was there to say, get behind me, Turtle. I'll keep you safe. I'll play Soraka. I'll play Janna. I'll play Karma. I'll do whatever I can to make sure that your mistakes don't kill us as a team. The problem with that is now you're going to put all this massive responsibility onto Biofrost, who's only a second split player. He only played one split last year. They had to replace Yellowstar and bring in Biofrost in the summer. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on a young guy's shoulders. I don't want to tell him it is your responsibility to keep this idiot alive. And I know I'm being harsh on the guy. I know I'm being harsh on Turtle. He's a lovely personality. He's probably one of the nicest professionals you'll ever meet. And I met him at IEM San Jose two years ago. Really nice guy. Like, I, I would love for him to be amazing. The very first game he played for my team, he got a pentakill. I would love for that guy to come back, but it's just so uninspired. When we know who this guy is, that he's been on a downturn except for this little spike in the, in the spring of 2016, when all these other teams around us have these amazing signings. We have Korean top laners just flowing in. We've got guys like Gorilla and Pickaboo that were – and uh, – Pray that we're like all available, like all these Koreans moving around all over the place. We had young, talented North American players like Cody Sung, who has played with Biofrost before on Dream Team, a young rookie that, hell, if Doublelift is coming back in the summer, fine. If that's the plan, if he's going to fight for a spot, fine. Get a young guy. Get a young guy that you wouldn't mind necessarily replacing in the summer if he doesn't perform well. And I guess you could do the same thing for Turtle, but you're not 
I don't think Turtle is magically going to go back to that guy he was when he first came to TSM, which is this ultra-aggressive in-lane guy abusing all these traits. He was double-lift light, essentially. He was double-lift light, but instead of going off and, and farming sideways while his team was trying to fight over objectives or, or trying to duel, you know, Fed Jax's as Vayne's or Caitlyn's or all these other things, he listened to his team, he followed the calls, and he stayed in line. And he progressively, as his career has gone on, has faded away and away from that. And it's just, it's just so uninspired to me. It's just so uninspired to me when we had such high expectations for this team, when we did think that this team was top four in the world, and it seems like everyone else in NA, all the lower tier teams, just got better. Well, I think you nailed it on the head. I think that this is a holding pattern. They know what they're getting in Wild Turtle. There's a reason they let Wild Turtle walk when they did. And it's, you know, obviously when double a player like Double F's available and you can get him, you got to do it. Um, so there's certainly some of that in there. But Wild Turtle's days at TSM were already feeling numbered before Double Lift was released. It felt like his time there had worn out. And to me, this the concern is not as much about what Wild Turtle is going to do. We know what Wild Turtle is. He's been a very good regular season AD carry because he is very aggressive, because he goes for risky moves. Granted, he had a support that was built that way. And that's, I guess, the bigger worry for me is that this is going to teach Biofrost some bad habits because Wild Turtle cheats in lane. He'll be further ahead than he should be. He'll, oh. he'll, he'll sneak forward and risk getting hit by skill shots because he trusts to be saved. And that's going to mean Biofrost will change his play style to, if they're going to make it work. And that is a concern because Biofrost was doing really well under double lift. And I'm not sure that turning him into an Adrian Light is the best way to move his career forward. I think that's a step back from no. what TSM wants to be doing. So, so that's my concern on that end. But, you know, we also have to take into account, what if double lift doesn't come back? Which... I don't know about you guys. I've heard a lot of Double Lift making positive comments like, I'm really enjoying streaming, man. Isn't this so much fun? I can, man, it's nice to play League of Legends without having to stress out so much. This would concern me. But, you know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Straight up, the second that quote came out at All Stars, like, I, you know, I'm really hoping for the best for them. I hope the guy they, they get performs and that, you know, I don't have to come back. I'm really enjoying streaming. It seems like he's enjoying it. It's not like he's staying at the TSM house. He has, he left the house. He's elsewhere. He's living with other people. He's living by himself. He's streaming all the time. He looks like he's having fun, not having to try. And granted, he like set a challenge. I'm going to be number one in, you know, North America. I'm going to be number one on the ladder. And God bless his heart. He's trying for it. But, like, he doesn't talk like a guy who looks like he's going to come back in the summer. And that's just why it's so maddening that you don't go for a young guy. Like, at least if he doesn't keep up, at least if he slacks and double if doesn't look like the guy who you want to play for your, th like, play to carry for you next year, at least there's some upside with a guy like a Cody Sun or a Rakara or some, you know, Korean, you know, mid-tier guy that comes in and you can trade up. It's just, I don't see any upside with Turtle, and that's what kills me kills me. You know, whatever happens with Turtle, the team does move on. You know, this is this is your team. You're going to have to, to move forward. Uh, this, this, I mean, the games are going to be played whether you're ready for them or not. So, I, you know, at some point you have to trust the TSM system and they have been so reliably a top two team yeah. basically since the NALCS was formed. So, Walter, what do you think is going to be the thing that makes sure that continues to be the trend for them? What do they need to do if they're going to continue to be that level of dominant? 
the TSM is, TSM is about excellence, and mm-hmm. they don't always have to be the number one seed coming out of the regular season. They've done it before where they've gotten to the semifinals being a five seed, being a six seed. They beat you know, worse teams. The problem is that the rest, that middle of the pack at NA is, is rising. With all these other player acquisitions, I know it's it's projection. It's we look at it and we go, okay, well they added these two players. Well, talent level is rising in North America, and it's mm-hmm. starting to equal TSM. I think a big part of this is going to have to be TSM is one of the very very few teams that did not change their jungler and their mid laner. I, I'm like looking at all the other rosters that I have right now, and there's only like one or two other teams that didn't change that mid lane pairing, and that right there is the core of TSM. Mm-hmm. You know, at Worlds, even with Bjergsen sick and him playing things like Oriana, which are not stop. They're they're champions that I constantly bring up that I hate that they put him on him, but I know it why they put him on it because that's what the meta. And then he somehow starts making plays. When you're playing a control mage like an Oriana and you have someone like Svenskeren playing Lee Sin, then you actually can make a play. Mm-hmm. Oriana, like Oriana, doesn't make a play the way a LeBlanc makes a play, but Oriana and Lee Sin make a really good play that's like equal to that of LeBlanc. So I really think for, for long-term success, for playoff success, for them to get to a you know NA championship and possibly win, they need to jump out in front as quickly as possible and try and secure a one or a two seed so they don't have to play as many of these mid-tier teams. And when they do get to the finals and they do have to play against someone like maybe Immortals, like a Dignitas, like Phoenix One, Cloud9, any of these teams where they have improved... Mm-hmm. They get choice selection. They get to decide, we want blue, we want red side, and that gives them a slight handicap advantage. Like, blue side last split was like 52% win rate. If I get to pick which side I get, and I get two extra points on my win percentage just by picking blue or red, I want that extra two points, especially when the talent level is rising up to meet you. So I think it's really, really important for, for them to jump out to a really, really strong, you know, first half of the split and, you know, try and get as many wins as they can early on before these other teams really catch up. Look, it's like Al Davis always said, just win, baby. That's all you yeah, got to do. If, if TSM can get off and, and start, you know, asserting themselves early, then... You know, certainly a lot of these other teams, they're, you know, with so many imports, it takes time. And unlike the rest of them, TSM should be able to basically keep going as they were. Uh, obviously, IAM Oakland has to be a little bit concerning in that regard, but IEMs almost always prove to be irrelevant. So, we'll, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, you have to look at this roster and say that they certainly have the potential to get off to a very good start. Uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a team that people are talking about as you know, late into the season. Walter, where do they ultimately end up in your eyes? Uh, I think it's going to be top three regular season, and I'm going to put them third place. I think they're going to be playing that third, fourth place match. Mm. I don't think they're going to be in the finals. And I think, I just don't trust Turtle. And that's my problem. That's the biggest problem I have. And I'm probably downplaying this to try and reverse jinx us into another championship, maybe. I was going to say, this sounds like a reverse jinx. I, but I'm being like, I'm being honest. This isn't me being like, I'm going to try and game the system. Like, I'm going to gamble on CLG. And if CLG wins, I get a bunch of unicorns. And if they don't, TSM wins. Like, I'm not... That, this is me genuinely looking at the other rosters and going, I can see us not making the championship. I can see us not winning the championship. But I think top three and playing in that third, fourth place game is like, if that doesn't happen for TSM, that TSM subreddit is going to explode and there might be riot, riots on our hands, like straight up. Because like a third place finish is just unheard of since the days of like MLG Anaheims and stuff like that. So 
yeah, certainly the expectations are going to be there. Uh, this is not, as you said, this is a organization that prides itself on excellence. Uh, they do not pride themselves on very good. But unfortunately, I think very good is about where they end up. I, I'm more optimistic than you are for them to make it to the finals. I think that they, they could be a top two team just because it, it feels like just like NRG and Immortals going into 2016 where we were like, well, you know, we think both of these teams are going to be amazing. One was good in the regular season. One was never good. Uh, you know, one of these teams that we're looking at as super teams now is not going to live up to the hype. And TSM does tend to take advantage of those teams, but... Man, oh man, they're going to have to figure out how to make the rest of these players work around the flaws that Wild Turtle has because it is just a very different style of game when Sven Skarin has to be sending extra resources down there because they're falling behind or there's more pressure on Hauntzer to become a carry because it's not enough to only have one big damage threat depending on the meta. It's going to be very interesting to see how TSM adapts. But you know what? They've got the best coach of the league, supposedly, so uh, they're as plan uh, prepared for it as anyone could hope to be. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I just love watching Walter squirm about TSM. He gets nervous every split, and then every split they win. And so this is the part where he gets nervous, and then he'll be showboating in week six or seven. But uh, until then, you can find me at Redshirt King. Uh, Walter, where can uh, TSM fans find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. We just did day one in Europe as well. We're, uh, we talked about Fnatic. You should definitely go check that out if you haven't already. Um, and we're going to continue forward tomorrow as we talk about a team that is chasing some playoff dreams uh, after not being technically in the LCS last split. So until next time, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.